Welcome to the Trust the Truth podcast with Jeff Dawkins, where the pursuit of truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth is chased down. The integrity within our society is degrading day by day, with headline-grabbing exaggerations driving the narrative. All that's about to change. Here's your host, Jeff Dawkins. Welcome to Trust the Truth with Jeff Dawkins. This is where we inspire people by enriching the commitment to truth and integrity in their lives. In this episode, I'm going to deal with a basic idea rooted from childhood on how to interact with people and followed by breaking down a major piece of legislation that few people are talking about out of the state of Washington. If you've heard the first couple episodes, then you already know I'm going to go for a truth-based look through historically authentic biblical lens at real cultural issues and folks about what's being talked about in the world today. You can follow me on Twitter at Noble Courage Now and subscribe for free at jeffdawkins.substack.com to get access to the library of articles I've written on the foundation of truth. Get connected with a tribe of courageous leaders taking stands for truth wherever we can. Well, I heard a story this past week that I truly couldn't believe. A supervisor was venting to me about a situation where a person who worked for him was going through some problems from a different work group. My friend was trying to lead courageously by inspiring others to lead with integrity as this is one of the key principles put out through the Courageous Police Leadership Alliance. See www.cplalliance.org for more information on how to get involved with that program. And that is a major initiative that will eventually be the standard by which courageous policing is handled. Anyway, the conversation moved with my friend to figure out how the situation started. Well, he started talking to the employee, but the employee really had no answer. None. I mean, it was assumed a lot of different things had occurred. But after unpacking the root of it all, neither my friend nor his employee actually landed on why his reputation was trashed, the work environment that he was inside of was boarding on toxic, and the motivation to continue in law enforcement was hanging by a thread. Well, guess what? Turns out the real reason that any of this occurred reminded me of how the Boxer Rebellion started. Now, stay with me. In 1899, four journalists were sitting in Denver and thought it'd be a great idea if they all agreed they could set the world on fire. It was a slow news cycle. They were all looking for ways to be the next person to get some headline-grabbing narrative that would push the, the narrative that people wanted to hear forward. Well, they decided they'd publish fake news that the Great Wall of China was going to be ripped down to bring China into the world as even approved by the Chinese. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? Well, here's the headline that they published. Great Chinese Wall Doomed, Peking Seeks World Trade. Now look what happened next. Over a course of months, the Chinese government heard about this through the power of the lie. They reacted violently. They closed off China to any foreign influence. And they were led into this through the intensity brought by, quote, the order of literary patriotic harmonious fists, otherwise commonly known as the boxers. Their battle cry sounded like this, quote, exterminate the foreigners and save the dynasty, end quote. Well, then from November of 1899 through September of 1901, a nationwide dedicated effort to bring violence to expel any foreigners was unleashed all based on a lie. You see, some of those quote-unquote leaders that my friend was dealing with were talking about this other employee 
in front of other people and they started making unbased assumptions as to why the employee was intermittently off work, why they seemed distracted when working, and maybe per their own assessments were, quote, disenchanted, end quote, being a police officer. Well, this snowballed into people talking, and it eventually got around to internal affairs, which led into a highly biased investigation into work productivity based on feelings and not facts. And never once was the employee just sat down and asked what was going on and how they could possibly help. And if they had done that, they would have discovered that the employee was dealing with a sick family member, had some personal challenges in their marriage, and and they had held inside all this stuff that was obviously preying on their emotional state. Well, my friend was telling me he reset the employee, helped him regain his footing, and then process through what was going on. You see, people are always more important than the things that we ask of them. And that leads perfectly into this episode's integrity tip of the week. Treat others the way you want to be treated. I mean, how simple could this have been to solve? If you're a leader and you presume your title or rank gives you the right to stamp on the throat of the people you're privileged to lead, then you're not a leader, you're a tyrant. And how dare you? Matthew 7, 12, part A, in the beginning of this, it says, In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. I mean, I feel like Jesus himself would be in a position to make that statement. He had just launched his first public ministry on the Mount of Olives, and this was the tail end of the Sermon on the Mount. He was helping the people understand who he was and how they were created. And in this particular section of scripture, he's restating the impact of prayer and the faith to trust God with other people and their issues. While we are called to just treat people with a dignified sense of how we'd want them to treat us in the same situation. So again, to the cowards who ran their mouth out of turn with their lies about a good man, how dare you? What could it do in relationships, in marriage, with your kids or coworkers or strangers or anyone with whom you interacted if you simply adopted this golden rule and not the modified, power-seeking, self-elevating, gossip-spreading version that my friend discovered that we can call the not-so-golden rule, which now apparently says, treat others how you think it'll work out in your favor, no matter what destruction you leave in your wake. Oh, and by the way, I saw it on a poster years ago called Everything I Know I Learned in Kindergarten, because even five-year-olds can get this. Prideful trolls focus on ladder climbing have no place in any circle of leadership, let alone in law enforcement, period. So kudos to my friend, and you know who you are for leading with integrity and courage pushing for the truth. Which leads me right into this week's Truth Over Lies segment. This episode's Truth Over Lies segment has got to be about the outrageous law that Washington State Governor Jay Inslee passed this past week. Actually, it was three laws specifically, and the motivation behind why it was done, I just have to talk about. Here's the deal. Under the newly signed House Bill 1240, effective immediately, and this was April 25th, In Washington, there is now a complete assault weapon ban in effect. There's also a measure to enable the state attorney general or private citizens, get this, to sue gun manufacturers and dealers under public nuisance laws if they negligently allow their guns to be sold to minors or to straw purchasers, reported by the Seattle Times. Governor Inslee said, quote, These weapons of war, assault weapons, have no reason other than mass murder, end quote, at the signing ceremony. He followed that gem with, quote, 
Their only purpose is to kill humans as rapidly as possible in large numbers, end quote. Well, Washington is the 10th state to institute such a ban. And on this platform, we also see New York, New Jersey, predictably California, and as we talked about last week, Illinois, have similar laws already in the books. The second measure is House Bill 1143. Now this put into place a waiting period, also requiring purchasing permits before buying any firearms at all. It prohibits the purchase without a full background check and then requires the gun purchasers to show record of completed gun safety training. The third bill is Senate Bill 5078, and it looks at establishing rules and regulations for the gun industry themselves to prevent sales to minors or any straw purchasers. And it leads credence all the way to the public nuisance lawsuits referenced in the first bill. Okay, where, where do I start on this? Well, give me a minute to dismantle Mr. Inley's comments. I'm going to quote this. According to the FBI, the term mass murder has been defined generally as multiple homicide incidents in which four or more victims are murdered within one event and in one or more locations in close geographical proximity. Now, we're based in Arizona, and as the Trust the Truth podcast would have to go, I'm going to go right with the truth of the law. Their law under RCW 98.32.010 with homicide defines this as homicide is a killing of a human being by the act procurement or omission of another death occurring at any time and is either one murder two homicide by abuse, three manslaughter, four excusable homicide or five justifiable homicide. Governor Inslee's comments are patently absurd. The intentional murder of four more people is the quote only reason and sole purpose end quote that an AR-15 was created and used. I don't know what to say about that. Maybe Governor Inslee was washing down the legalized hardcore drugs in his famed state to recognize what he did. I mean, let's not forget, this was the same person who championed the March 2021 defeat of a measure which would actually criminalize those drugs. And yeah, I got to go there. It reported by Jason Rance in The Federalist. Here's what he writes. If there's a 21-year-old with a baggie of heroin and an officer goes by, he can't do anything with the heroin. But for the 19-year-old with an open container of beer, that's a misdemeanor. Spokane Police Chief Craig Meidel told TV, it's just an interesting position to be in. This article continues. I'm going to keep reading this. As the prevailing opinion is that the ruling is retroactive, anyone currently serving time on drug possession will have his sentence tossed or reduced if it was combined with other unrelated charges. In Skagit County alone, listen to this. The prosecutor dropped more than a thousand drug possession convictions and charges. Here's another quote from the prosecuting attorney, Rich Weirich. He says, The idea that we should allow people to run around and use heroin and methamphetamine, in my opinion, is wrong. A large part of the crime we see is because of heroin and meth addiction. This ruling is certainly going to do nothing but bring the crime rate down. No, it's going to create more victims in the community, including more addicts. I mean, get real, Governor Inslee. Even the Alliance for Gun Responsibility posted these statistics of interest. That the vast majority of gun deaths in Washington State, more than 75%, are suicides. White and American Indian and Alaska Native people have the highest rate of gun suicide at 8.8 and 8.3 per 100,000 people, respectively. 
Or how about this? Every year, 781 Washingtonians are killed by guns, which is a rate of 10.2 per 100,000 people. Someone is killed by a gun every 12 hours in Washington State. It's the leading cause of death for children and firearms. More people are killed by guns than die in car accidents in Washington. Yet, Washington has the 40th highest rate of gun violence in the United States. So what does that tell you about the rest of the country? It's just interesting to me. Now, that's about the lunacy behind his comments on the first issue. But what about the second measure? The second measure sounds good until the end. I mean, what is the definition of gun safety training? Well, the NRA did some work to find out. Here's what they said. House Bill 1143, as amended, denies law-abiding citizens their Second Amendment right to acquire firearms unless they present proof of completion of official, sanctioned firearms training within the past five years, which they must complete at their own expense. It also imposes an arbitrary 10-day delay on prospective gun owners taking possession of their firearms and makes the delay longer or, get this, indefinite if the state fails to complete background checks during that time. Now, the Department of Licensing will also maintain a registry of gun owners and their personal data, despite the agency having previously suffered a data breach affecting 650,000 citizens just last year. Well, that's comforting, right? Well, why is this such a big deal to me? I'll tell you why. Because as a certified rifle officer and as any rifle officer in law enforcement recognizes, bad guys don't give a rip about the laws and on or off-duty, these cops are going to respond to stop active shooters. Look around the country in the past year and see what's happened. You combine the utter decay of culture and society steeped in drug use with the disarming of a citizen populace, and to be clear, that's where this leads. As Ben Shapiro famously commented, appears more into his face when he highlighted, rightly I think, more shootings and shooting deaths occur due to handguns and assault rifles. Shapiro asked Morgan if he would support a ban of handguns as they were statistically a greater threat to society than rifles, which Morgan, of course, diverted and didn't answer. But you combine all that with what I said before, and you're going to see some riotous anarchy take hold, much like the riots we saw burning our country in 2021. It's ridiculous. Well, God's word is full of warriors who see injustice and fight on behalf of others. And when I hear about laws like this, I can't help but be reminded of Psalm 144, the first two verses by King David, which reads, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle, my loving kindness in my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. You want to address mass murder incidents, Governor Inslee? Well, as of April 6th of this year, stats show that Washington State spends approximately $900.3 million on mental health care, but only $133.1 million on their state police. And I've written extensively about this issue before. Check out my substack to read some of those articles. People don't need light pole fixtures called civilian safety assistants that watch violent felonies occur in front of them and do nothing. Like we see in Chicago, they need cops. You put double the cops on patrol without their hands tied to engage in proactive drug arrests, and you absolutely will see a dramatic decline in violent crime. Period. I mean, that's the real truth over lies, that a progressive, world-based, self-centered philosophy refuses to acknowledge again, but it's that truth that honest Bible-following Americans understand to be real. 
Psychotic sociopaths with assault rifles cannot be addressed or dealt with by social workers. Nor will the disarmament of America lead to a safer society. Read your history on what happened in Australia if you don't know what I'm talking about. I've read the Bible, cover to cover, the Constitution from the first to last word, the Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence, so I can rightly understand what my role is as a guardian of each of those documents and sources of truth. I mean, maybe I can just send Governor Inslee a copy of each to read, since he obviously never has even opened the cover. Well, join me next episode for more Truth Talk with JDoc. And until then, stand your ground, challenge the lies, and trust the truth.